and welcome to Sounds from the Cloud Weekly Recap. It is July 5th. Happy 4th of July to everyone out there. It's myself. I got Rio Reyna coming in from Austin, Texas. Drew Butler from Houston, Texas. Daniel Asgati from San Antonio, Texas. And I am Paul Moreno from San Antonio, Texas as well. How we doing today, fellas? Man, Happy uh, Hispanic pronunciation for your name only. Come on. <laughs> Happy uh, fifth anniversary to uh, JPP's fingers. Oh, no longer man. with us. His ring finger is no longer with us. <laughs> he does have a very long pointer finger, though, so that's good. I, I gotta say, fellas, this is the first July 5th in some time that I'm not hungover. I'm happy to be here. Good stuff, man. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Anybody do anything fun for this quarantine, 4th of July? Are we starting no. the podcast yet? <laughs> no, no, this is the highlight of our weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The highlight no. of our weekend is here. We're slowly getting back to sports, hopefully. Uh, we're going to kind of recap the things that happened over these last few days, these last seven days here. Um, if you're with us and you're, you're paying attention to what's going on, obviously not a whole lot is happening, although we did get some news in the world of sports. Basketball is trying to start back up. We have a expected date in, in the NBA. We have baseball, who is just starting out with their new and improved spring training. It's kind of a, a sprint for both leagues, and they're going to start at the end of the month. So as of right now, we're looking at two major North American sports coming back we got basketball and baseball on the slate, but we have huge question marks, right? Huge question marks on what's actually going to happen whenever we dive into these sports and we're right in the middle of what this new season looks like and maybe somebody tests positive for COVID-19. We're already seeing it right now, right, in our, our pre-screenings that these um, leagues are doing. So what is going to happen when... We're in the middle of the league. We're in the middle of the season, and somebody tests positive. DB, what do you think? So we have, uh, you know, let's just put ourselves in the NBA, and, you know, it's, you know, 10 games in. We're in the middle of the first round of the playoffs, and a couple of players test positive for COVID. What do you think is going to happen? I, I really worry about the NBA probably more than anything because the rosters are smaller, right? So... If you have multiple players wipe out a team, it's going to be really bad. And it's almost worse to get started and then stop than never get started again. Um, so, you know, something like baseball where they've got these expanded rosters, um, I worry about a little bit less. Um, but given the close proximity of the NBA and just the style of play, um, combined with the fact that the league is likely going to be the most sensitive league towards the coronavirus, just given um, some of its previous decisions. Uh, right. I really, really fear for the NBA, uh, especially with this, I don't know if you want to call it a, it's it's maybe not the second wave, maybe it's 1B, because I'm not sure we quite finished wave one, um, right. especially with this kind of happening again, I, I'm very worried for um, for basketball for sure. Right, so so you think you let's let's focus in on basketball and, and baseball right now, right? So if you are going with the NBA and you know you're saying that there's it, it's it's such 
close to close contact, right? You have people sweating on each other, breathing on each other on a moment to moment basis, right? Um, so, Danny, I'm gonna ask you, what do you think that means when, you know, you have these small rosters, let's say you have a 12 man roster, two people get knocked down for it, what does that mean for an expanded roster there? So, I, I think before any of that, it's gonna come down to players really being as responsible as possible. Um, and what it, and what I mean by responsible is, is responsible to the team because if one person goes out, um, whatever it is, whether it's to try to grab a dinner somewhere, whatever the case is, um, and they get possibly exposed, I mean, you're talking about easily infecting, you know, at, let's say three or four of your players, that's, that's what, almost 30% of your roster right there. Um, and so I'm more concerned about this happening um, in the playoffs, right? And so there's eight games, I think, that's going to happen before the playoffs start. And so right. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I haven't looked at the calendar yet, but I'm guessing that's about two weeks, maybe three weeks worth of, of material before the playoffs begin, which I think is just enough time to maybe go out, get exposed, and then right. when the playoffs start, you test positive, and then what do you do? Does that team... Is that team no longer in and it's yeah and yeah. so it's it's going to come down I think more so to individual responsibility and it, I'm a little worried because um DeMar DeRozan came out and said that he read eight lines of the player health code and the manual's 100 pages that's how long the manual is from the NBA and he's right. just like I, I'm concerned so uh I think it'll get started I'm if I had to take the over under on how many games before it possibly gets shut down I don't know maybe Maybe eight. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so, so, so Danny's, Danny's speaking to something, and maybe Rio, you can elaborate on this, is the responsibility for players to make, right. you know, basically police themselves. Do you think that that's something that's you know feasible to ask somebody who's maybe 22 years old as opposed to somebody who's you know maybe in the 30s and has a family and you know is done with being social and things like that because as a young 20 year old who is you know in the nba there's a level and and we all have limited our social um outings but what do you think about that yeah i think it's uh a lot tougher in theory i mean it's a lot tougher in actual execution than in theory I think there's this thing where everyone's saying well we're just going to be in this 150 million dollar bubble for seven or eight weeks in a row i mean that sounds easier to set it than done kind of thing you know and i think that there's a um it's i i personally think the nba probably should shorten this series they shouldn't have seven game series they they should try to get the season done just to put a, a ending on the season um the way they're going to hold the season with this you're, you're, you're pretty much held out from the rest of the world for as many weeks as you play basketball. That's that's a big ask. And so I think yeah. it's going to be a big challenge for a lot of players mentally to not be able to be exposed to anything and be in a totalitarian workplace. I mean, this isn't normal. And yeah, I think right. what they're asking is stuff. So we'll see. Rio, Rio it's funny that you say that because uh, a buddy of mine, uh, I had he had mentioned something about you know, oh, they're going to be in a bubble. And I was like, these guys aren't going to cook their own meals and make their own beds at the hotel. Right. Like, you're still going to have Disney employees. They're staying at the Grand Floridian. Like, right. you know, there's going to be outside people coming in. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and it's, so when you think, uh, it'll be tough. 
Yeah, so when you think about it like that, is that even more of a concern? Because you think, uh, you know, when, you're, when you hear about the Olympics that didn't happen this year, right? When you hear about the Olympic Village and how much, how much intertwining and intermingling Intercourse. Happens, in, <laughs> happens inside of that Olympic Village, like that, like even though, yeah, we got 30 teams of 15 NBA players, there's still people that are strangers and have nothing to do but intermingle with the people that are in this bubble, which is different, right? Because MLB is still traveling and basketball is trying this bubble thing out. So I'm, I'm interested to see exactly what that looks like versus the traveling part looks like. Well, yeah, I, I think, think the the travel's almost easier to control at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I, I flew for the first time a couple weeks ago. I've never been on a cleaner plane in my entire life. Um, whereas this bubble, right? Like, it's not the Truman Show, you know? Like, there's gonna be there's gonna be a guy who's a chef there who's like, oh my god, I get to meet James Harden, right? And, and yeah. I. It, it, you're right, it's going to be really interesting to see what model works better because one of them is going to work better, I think. I, right. I, I think there will be a definitive, like, who got it right type of thing. Um, yeah. But, man, I, I fear that if the, if that, if the bubble's penetrated right, it's going to pop, you know? Um, and, and so I hope, I hope they get it right. And um, props to them for trying it, you know? You got to try, right? And um, it's, it's just... I'd love to see it get pulled off. I'd love to bet on the NBA. I'd love to watch some basketball, you know. Um, but I think being cautiously optimistic is probably the right thing to do as a fan. Right. So when you say about- you have to try, do you have to try? Like, is this necessary? Do we have to have sports? I think, like, is it worth it? I, I it's think money, it's- right? All it is is money? I, well, I think it's necessary for some of those players more so than us. I mean, we'll be fine if sports don't come back, but you're talking about middle to low-tier players on limited salaries or players right. that are in a contract year or players that are going to be free agents. Um, you know, like they need, to, they need to go out there and show that they can show what they can do to possibly get picked up or some of them need to make an income. I mean, it's no, right. it's no secret that I think in the NBA, it's five years after they retire, the majority of them are broke. Right. And so, they're not exactly the wisest at spending money. (laughs) Every sport is having the same problem. I I would have to say that the NFL, there's very, very little chance that there's going to be stadium seating and fans. And that's a huge part of the revenue model, you know, ticket sales and actual in-person revenue. So every sport, I think, is going to be gutted from not being able to host actual live sports. I mean, they can maybe do it from the player standpoint, but from the business standpoint, that's still a very small part of their revenue is, you know, or a large part's being taken out. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the Premier League has gotten back, and they're going to finish their normal season, actually. They're going to actually have a complete season, and there's already talk of major clubs, Liverpool, who've just won the Premier League, Champions League winners last year, not having spending power this off season because of the lost gate revenue. So um, that business side is worth acknowledging um, from both an ownership and player perspective. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it will it will absolutely put a cap on or put a change to the cap that happens in the next couple of years because of the money they're losing now. We're definitely mm-hmm. going to see it in the future with how much teams are willing to spend or how much they're even able to spend as as the weeks go on. So we're talking about the business side of things, right? How about the the actual on the court stuff, right? So it, so I think we're all in agreement that this is an asterisk season, right? Yep. Like it's it's whoever wins the championship this year is uh, it's just different. I wouldn't say it doesn't count, but it's just different. I think this I think this is the only year it would ever be an asterisk because Right. Anything that's happened before this is nothing. You have players opting out yeah. and have people filling in holes in their roster. Right. Um, you're going to have players miss games not due to injury but due to getting COVID or right. due to quarantine or possible exposure. Um, I mean, what happens to the Lakers if LeBron gets exposed? And then, exactly. you know what I mean? And then the no other thing, knows. too, you get, <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I was going to say. No one knows. I was going to say. And then he's playing, yeah, everybody's then, getting it. That's what's happening. Yeah, after the finals, all of a sudden, LeBron is like, he had, he had COVID, right? Right. I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, like some of these high-profile players that are obviously, um, you know, very crucial to their team's success, like, I mean... You're telling me, like, if Kawhi were to be exposed, he'd come out and say so? Like, well, although Kawhi did take 70 games off in the season a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I could see <laughs> yeah. him. I could see him doing it. So, speaking of haters, the, the past, the past quote-unquote asterisk seasons were because people were just being haters, right? This one is yeah. a very true warranted. This is just different. Yeah, this, this is, is a- the first real asterisk season. Besides this is the a, medic, in a medically induced asterisk. That's what this is. <laughs> medically induced. Like unless you're cheating, uh, or or there's a pandemic, there's no asterisk on the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the thing is, is that baseball and basketball, those have both been cut short, right? They're, as far as we know, it's it's just like we just said, it's different. What is what has a benefit of being delayed is football. So football is different, right? Because chances are, hopefully, all the games are going to be played, right? So what do you think that looks like as as August comes around, as September comes around, and opening there to there to cancel the Hall of Fame game, right? So as that comes around, what do you what do you think football is going to come to? I I think I think there's not going to be a preseason. I don't think they're going to risk exposure or pot people getting sick on preseason games. I think they'll go right into the season. And they already um, limited it to two, right? They already turned it down to two. I think so. Two weeks but of I, preseason. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think they'll scratch them all, um, just because it's like you know you're gonna again. What if a team gets exposed in one of those preseason games, and then you're talking about delaying the entire season? Right. Um, I do, I do agree though with Drew that. Like the like the major league uh, MLB, they'll they'll be able to control it. I think a little bit more than a bubble. It's kind of like um, what the PGA is doing. They're they're testing people after tournaments before they allow you on a plane. Um, and if you test positive, you can't get on the plane. You can't go to the next site. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of. It's almost going to be like a concussion protocol after the game. Everybody gets tested. Although, I mean. Who knows? Is it going to be daily tests? Because you see all these different reports, right? They say you're supposed to get tested five to five to eight days after exposure for the most accurate result. Right. And so, yeah, 
I, I yeah. have no idea how they're gonna do it. I don't know either. It's a it's a mess. I mean, when you think about what a football player probably needs to do to become field ready, uh, strength and conditioning, medical doctors, there's a lot of people, right. athletic trainers. There's so many people involved, and once you involve an NFL team, that's you know 75, 80 people or 65. I think their roster is like 50 or 60, but it's a lot of people in the practice squad. It's a lot of people in the athletic trainer side, coaches side medical doctor side we're talking now about 100 something people you know and that's a lot harder to keep everybody contained i mean i think there's a lot more challenge with football from that standpoint but i you know there it's going to be interesting to see how they they go about it because i think they're going to have to take the hit yeah and the hit's bad it is it is and and just kind of you know, when I was in my coaching days, we would always be we would always be worried about staff infection, infection of right. staff because yeah. it was so it was so quickly spread throughout the locker room. Like one person gets staff, five people get staff, just like that, right? And I know Drew and Rio, you guys have been a part of collegiate locker rooms, and just imagine if your locker room, Drew, just imagine if your locker room had uh, COVID in it. What do you think that that would look like? let alone an NFL locker room. Oh, it'd be, it'd be a mess. Um, and, and the reality is, uh, you know, uh, especially like what we were doing with track and field, you have, a, you have men, men's and women's teams. I mean, they're interacting in a lot of ways, socially, right. romantically, all that kind of stuff. Someone gets it, everybody gets it, right? And so um, it's going to be really challenging. I, I do think the NFL has a huge advantage in that they get to see everyone make the mistakes before they have their run through. Right. So, um, you know, the NFL is often playing, playing chess when other leagues are playing checkers. So, uh, I, I'm more confident about the NFL, despite the nature of the size of the teams, just because they're going to get to see where people made mistakes. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's such a big, all of them are big leagues, right? But the NFL to me almost is like a 2008 Banks thing, right? It's like almost too big to fail. Um, and, and so I I think they do have an advantage of going last, but um, man, if it's if it's still an issue, it's gonna be an issue in that sport uh, big time. And I hate to say it, the stats on the teams, the NCAA teams that came back, Clemson came back, I think 40 players oh, yeah. got it. All the teams yeah, that came quick. back, there's like 25, 30, 40 players that got quick. it. Yeah. NCAA has already proved that these guys get back into football, it's like 40 people quickly. And yeah. it's what it is. I don't. I just don't see it not, not being a thing unless the nature of the sports is to be close together. You can't social distance on a, on a, on a third and goal at the one. I mean, you just can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I, the sport operates. Yeah. You know, the other thing uh, that reminded me of, of something that you reminded me of right now, Rio, when you mentioned college is the average age of these pros. I mean, these are young guys. And I I can only imagine they've always been men amongst boys in whatever they do. And they they probably have a a feeling of being invincible. Um, And so I'm not not so confident that they're all taking proper precautions. I I don't think they're all, I mean, Zeke and Dak threw a party. Right, yeah. you know what I mean. Like twenty-four years old, these guys. You right, know, yeah, years old. and I mean, yeah, you're you're talking about young guys with a, a 
lot of money, and they feel like they can't be stopped, you know? So Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, yeah, and the thing is, is, you know, these guys are, they're incredible athletes, they're in such good shape that even if they do get the virus, there's a great, great chance that they're going to beat it, right? They might not even show symptoms, they might not even get sick, but they might be asymptomatic or they might have a, a fever here and there, but I don't know if they're even going to get sick because you look at what happened with uh, KD had it, right? I don't know if he got sick. We, we don't obviously don't know what happened, but there's a lot of people who have said, "Hey, I got it, I got it, I got it." Now, have, have they really been sick? Is like, how has it affected them? I don't know if that's an answer that we have at the moment. But right. what my, well, my, well, my point of view is, is that they're they may get sick. It's not gonna happen that they're gonna be on a respirator because of it. But what happens when that one athlete does? You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, there's somebody in the hospital fighting for their life because we try to force a season. Okay, so I I was thinking about this. Like, I wouldn't feel too confident if, like, a Bartolo Colon caught it. Like, I'd be a little (laughs) concerned. Right. (laughs) I mean, so I think think there's more vulnerability in the MLB just because of, uh, you know, you got a lot of... Coaches too, man. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Coaches, or even, or even um, offensive, defensive linemen. Right. Some big boys, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely the liability. They announced that Lionel Hollins, the assistant coach for the Lakers, is is not going to go to Orlando because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's there. So moving away from moving away from you know the virus and kind of getting straight into the game, talking more football here. Uh, Cam Newton to the New England Patriots. Let's How about go. that? Oh, I'm a huge Cam Newton guy. I love Cam Newton. That's Frank Lauder. Frank Lauder hates baby. Cam Newton. One of my buddies, he hates Cam Newton, and I just, I love me some Cam. Yeah, he might dress terribly, but he is <laughs> an absolute, he is an absolute baller. You know, and putting him, put him, putting him with Bill Belichick, possibly the best quarter, best coach of our time. What do you think that means for Cam, Danny? So, here, here's what I'm interested in seeing is Josh McDaniels and Belichick being able to call plays for a mobile quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I know they had mobility um, whenever they had Tom's replacements for the, the couple of years where he was either suspended or it hurt. Um, but, you know, having someone like that, and I think it's important, too, because they have a need on the offensive line also. They did draft two, um, two offensive linemen late in the draft um, because they do have a need there. And yeah, I think it was obvious because Tom took a little bit of a beating this past season. Um, but when you got wheels like Cam, I think, um, I think we're going to see something different. And, but, you know, at this point, how do you, you second-guess Belichick? Until he shows you that he doesn't have it, you just gotta, you just gotta think he does. So as, you get him as, for nothing, you get him for nothing. As much as Easy. I want to believe in Cam, and I saw those. Do you guys see the thigh photo? Guy looks fit. <laughs> he's when jacked. He's out of the car. Well, Cam's a man. He's jacked. The problem with Cam, his whole career has been, and, and I love Cam Newton. I don't know if you guys saw the Amazon doc. It's like the the poor man's hard knocks that they did a couple of years oh, yeah. ago on the Panthers. Um, he's electric, man. But the issue with Cam has been the issue for a long time, right? 
he's always really struggled to have a lot of talent around him. At Auburn, none of those players played in the NFL. He was like a one-man wrecking ball, probably the greatest college football season of all time. Going to the NFL, he's often had poor weapons, right? Like, And yeah. even now, some of the better players that the Panthers have, like McCaffrey, he hardly played with because he was hurt the last two years. Yeah. And the issue with Brady last year in a lot of senses was that the weapons weren't quite there. Um, so I wonder, as much as I would love to see Cam succeed, and I kind of like the idea of like evil Belichick with Cam Newton, this just probably like behind LeBron James, the best athlete we've seen in the last 10 years, pound for pound. I just fear that like the wear and tear combined with the fact that he's throwing to Julian Edelman, whose brain has to be soup at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, I just wonder if, if some of the issues that Brady had last year are going to plague him as well. Well, didn't Julian Edelman just like put somebody through a car or something in the last... In this offseason, or am I making that up? Didn't he get in trouble with this offseason? Well, he's... Allegedly. He's, yeah, I mean, you have 13 concussions. Tell, tell me if you could spell your name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's tough. I, I did think it was genius, though, of the Patriots to sign Cam Newton the same day they announced the punishment for them videotaping oh, yeah. the Bengals. That's such oh, a Patriots yeah. move right there. Oh, yeah. Now, Shove it under the rug. Now, Drew, what you were talking about with weapons, um, they did draft... Uh, what is it, Asi Asi, the tight end from UCLA. Um, and a lot of people are down on that pick. You know, they felt, I think the, the tight end from Washington was still available as well. Uh, but again, I mean, you're talking about Belichick, who found both Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace. Um, R.I.P.I.P. So, I mean, you know, until, again, it's one of those things, like you just kind of, kind of roll with it and, and see what happens but uh yeah, you know I, and I, I think i think cam responds to the i mean how who who doesn't respond to the to, to to belichick and the coach right so i think yeah. i think given you you know two two of the four people here spurs fans given you know belichick you can that's an easy relatable to Greg Pop, right? Yeah. So yeah. you trust Greg Popovich's draft picks because he found Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Obviously, Tim Duncan was a can't miss. But you you trust him, right? Until you don't. And so, you he know. He found Kawhi. Don't forget that. I mean, yeah, yeah. He and RC. traded for RC, him. RC, RC gets a lot of They credit. didn't draft him, but they did trade for him. So, you know, Rio, what do you you know what do you think of the level of importance of Belichick and Cam? You know, who needs who the most, and how does yeah. that look for the rest of the season? I mean, you know, the biggest concern is Cam's foot. Uh, that injury is something that he can't play on for the rest of the season. If that's not a, he's a high high ceiling quarterback. I, I I mean, there's not many good quarterbacks in the NFL. It really isn't. I mean, we can probably name about eight or nine, maybe ten, that could actually win you games. Kirk Cousins is not in that list. And um, we Damn, have... Damn, why you got to go at Kirk like that, man? I, I just think there's certain Captain players Kirk. that get paid. Kirk Cousins is getting overpaid. paid $30 million, That's and right. Cam Newton's getting paid $1 million. How wrong is that? How wrong Rio, is Rio, that? Because Rio, Cam, Cam Newton's... Cam, Cam is a former MVP. He's a league Yes, MVP. and he's gone to the goddamn Super Bowl. And, yes. and Kirk Cousins can't even win on Monday Night Football for fucking crying out loud. So, yes, 
Cam Newton is a much better quarterback than, than Kirk Cousins, and if his foot's not broken in half, he's going to perform a hell of a lot better. So the NFL isn't full of great quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't even throw a damn pass in the fourth quarter of the whole Super Bowl. But wow. He's good like, looking, though. We have Cam. I, I think he's going to do great things in the Patriots if they can build an offense around him. The problem is he doesn't have a lot of weapons. Same problem with Tom Brady. He didn't have right. a lot of weapons, man. He has, so what do you think? What do you think that puts the Patriots towards the end of the season? How do, how, do you think they're fighting for a playoff spot? Do you think they're there? Because who do they have? Who do they have to compete against? The Bills. It's going to be the same question. It's going to be the same problem that the Spurs have. You're going to have a talent problem. You got to have talented players still. Patrick Mahomes yep. is the most talented player in the league, and that's yeah. why they won. Yeah, I, th- I think the Bills are going to be their only challenger. I don't think the, the Jets or the Dolphins are going to be... Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but I, I also think you have two people in Belichick and Cam who both need each other at this time in their career. Like, I think Belichick wants to prove that he can win without Tom. And I think Cam wants to prove that, like, he's he's he is who we all think, you know, he should be. You know who would really struggle if he had to be in a bubble is Sam Darnold. That guy got mono last year when uh, when life was driving. So Jets aren't gonna do shit, man. Yeah, exactly. So so what we're saying is that the biggest threat to the Patriots are the Buffalo Bills. You hear that? Listen to that. The Buffalo Bills. Are hey, the they're, gonna threat <laughs> they're gonna be tough. They're gonna be tough. Patriots. They yeah, step on that Diggs, they're tough. This is this is obviously upside down world 2020 when the New England Patriots are competing with the Buffalo Bills. That's ridiculous. Let me ask you this question, DB. Let me ask you this question. Who do you think is better off come week eight, week nine? Do you think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are better off, or do you think that the New England Patriots are better off? Uh, I. So I thought the Patriots would go like nine and seven with Stidham. So I'm pretty bullish on what they can do with Cam or Stidham. Um, I think the thing in Tampa Bay goes south quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, party boy Gronk, how much he got left in the tank. Um, right. I I think the the Buccaneers could be the Baker Mayfield progressive insurance commercials last year. Oh, all the hype in the off season, man. and then not quite the same on the field. Um, so I'm gonna go Pats on that one. Do you, okay? Do you guys kind of feel like I feel like Mike Evans is a tight end playing wide receiver? Mike Evans is a beast. Yeah, yeah no, he's a good I player. Man. Okay, he's so, so big. Yeah. right. So I think they're gonna. I think. I think. Tom is going to run. He's going to tell... Uh, shit, I don't even know who the coach is at Tampa Bay. Arians. Oh, okay, but, okay, so I think he's going to tell them to run a lot of those two tight end packages. And I think they're going to line oh, yeah. Mike Evans up a little bit. I mean... They still got O.J. Howard. Tighter? Yeah. yeah. Did, they do did have Evan, O.J. Howard as well. Did Evans play uh, tight end at a no, he didn't play tight end in a and he, so. he caught a lot of jump balls for Manziel when he was running around like a chicken. Oh, yeah, he won Johnny uh, Don't Heisman. underestimate Chris Godwin either. He's a really good player, Chris too. Godwin's a beast. They but, don't have yeah. a running back, but neither does New England. Um, I think Bruce Arians is the offensive mastermind that Bill Belichick isn't, but Bill Belichick is obviously the defensive guy that Bruce Arians isn't. So yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what Brady looks like under an offensive-minded coach. Raina, what do you think that's going to be between the Bucks and uh, Patriots? I, I mean, the Patriots have uh, no weapons, really. I mean, I, 
Edelman. I mean, they have incomplete running backs. I've never really been... I, I think Tom Brady's had to work with a lot. Uh, or ha, ha, has had to make a lot out of not really having a lot of uh, talent. But now he's going to be given all the weapons and that spread offense and everything that he can probably work with. It'll be interesting to see if he really can go back to almost like 2007 Tom Brady. Now he has all the talent around him. Chris Godwin is really good. So I, I think he has everything he needs to be one of the best quarterbacks. I, I, I think Tampa Bay's offense is going to be better, but as a team, I don't know. That's a different I, I story. Got I got a question, kind of what we were talking about earlier, though, when we started out with traveling and COVID and all that. Uh, do you really think players are going to behave themselves when they travel to Las Vegas? No way. It's going to be, it's going to be any given Sunday. It's going to be oh, any yeah. given Sunday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. It's a combination of everything we just talked about, right? The players think they're invincible, right? And, you know, what's worse that's going to happen and. Tom Brady's going to become Willie Beeman. <laughs> 52 players is a lot harder to keep your tabs on than 12 players in a bubble. Like, True. That's going to be another thing. It's like, what does the NFL look like when their players start traveling around and all that stuff? It's, it's ridiculous. So let me ask you this one. We're going around the horn, starting with Rio, then Drew, then Danny. Who finishes the season with more touchdown passes? Cam Newton, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah, for sure. I don't think that's their, that's not Cam style. He'll get at least maybe eight rushing touchdowns, but he's not. Drew, what do you got? Brady. Danny? Yeah, Brady. I mean, he has, we're, we're talking about how many weapons Cam doesn't have, and then we are yes. listed off three already that that uh, Tom's going to have. Now, if you look at the, do you look at the, his, his throwing, passing touchdowns last year, it was definitely on the downward fall. It wasn't. He wasn't actually lighting up the board on throwing throwing the ball last year. I will remind you that. Okay, so now where are we where are we going as far as team wins goes? Are we are we going Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Are we going New England Patriots? Let's start with you, Danny. Uh, I'm still going New England because they're playing everybody in their division twice. Right. Fair one. Yeah. It's a tough division. True. New England. No doubt. I'm going New England too. Right. I think I think to to put a dumpster fire out is a lot harder than one season. Alright. Okay, so yeah. Rio, I got a question for you. With where Tom's at now and the weapons he has, what round would you draft Tom Brady in a fantasy draft? Ooh. I'm still not going very high. He's probably in the eighth round for me. Um, you know the guy I, I've been promoting, he's going to be overlooked, is that man Dak, Dak Prescott. He is a very solid fantasy option right now. 300 plus points in a season. <laughs> okay, Nicholas, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Dak, Dak's the man. Do a Dak pr- I'm going to do a Dak plug right now, but his fantasy, fantasy stats are legit. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you're playing fantasy football, DB, you're taking Tom Brady first or Cam Newton first? Ooh. Probably Brady. Brady? Reyna, you going Brady? Yeah, I'll go Brady over Cam because Cam's uncertain on starting. And Danny? If we're playing PPE, I'm going to take Cam. If we're playing standard scoring, I'm going to take Tom. 
Yeah, so so I'm thinking I'm thinking you you have to take Cam not only for the throwing but the running as well. The running. Right. Um so what we're saying is that Tom Brady's gonna have more passing touchdowns, yet the Patriots are gonna win more games, which makes sense, right? So what we're also saying is that Brady's gonna have more interceptions, he's gonna make more more mistakes, or are we saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is gonna have a worse defense than the Patriots? They also got to play the the Saints and the Fal. Uh, uh, for me, it's a division, um, division more than anything. All right, Tampa's defense isn't bad actually. No, well, it think... hasn't been. It hasn't been. It's However, it's really been the offense. Right, but uh, yeah, well, Jameis, yeah. So if you take away, you know, Jameis had thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, right? So if you take away twenty of those interceptions. You don't expect to have. You don't expect Tom Brady to have 30 interceptions, right? So if you take away, let's say, 15 of those interceptions, you get them what? Three, four more games, right? So yeah. So I mean, look, look at it like this, right? Like how many, how many quarterbacks did Bill Belichick make money? Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt yes. Castle, um, Jacoby, Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Like all he has to think is like, I'm just playing with Brady's hurt. Because he's not here. I'm just playing Cam Brady's backup. And it's just going to be, you know, like, so I, I don't think I don't think it's close. Yeah. And then, I, don't, and this I is don't trust Bruce Arians. That's just, I, I, I'm I just don't. looking at, I mean. I'm looking at stats right now. Uh, Tampa is projected to be the fourth offense in the, uh, in the league coming up. Here, yeah, so here's, I mean. Here's what I do think, right? I think what Tom will bring that... Bruce Arians doesn't have a Belichick is he's going to be that voice in the locker room and be that coach on the field. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think Bruce Arians, I mean, I guess with Bruce Arians a head coach when, when um, um, Kurt Warner was a quarterback in Arizona? He yeah. was. Uh-huh. And I think they did all right then and Kurt Warner was a Super Bowl winning quarterback and so, you know yeah. what I mean? I think, I think Bruce Arians needs someone like that. So. Right. Yeah, and, and this is a conversation that it, uh, fortunately we'll get to have, hopefully, for the remainder of the fall and into the winter. Um, and we'll, be able, we'll be able to debate this topic come December time when both teams are fighting for the playoff spot more than likely. Any uh, any parting words uh, for the crowd, Reyna? Oh, parting words. It's going to be a very interesting rest of the month because we're trying to hope that sports get back on. Fingers crossed, baby. Oh, yeah. The last week was fun. DB, what do you got? Liverpool Football Club, your 1920 Premier League champions, 30-year layoff. God bless them. Thank God they finished this fucking season. <laughs> Danny, any parting words? Biggest thing is just uh, stay safe, man. There's a lot of uh, a lot of crazy nonsense going on out there in the world today. Take care of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that was one weekend. We got another week. There's no telling where we're gonna be this time next week. But uh, July 5th, 2020. Sounds of the crowd. This was your weekly recap for the boys. I'm Paul. You guys have a good one. Peace. See ya.